Welcome to the podcast of Grace and Peace Church. These are the teachings from our Sunday gatherings. We are supported by listeners like you who find value in the mission of discipleship. If you'd like to give financially, check out our website, our Instagram, or our Facebook for the giving tab. And thank you for partnering with us and keeping the mission alive. Grace and peace to you. As you guys know, we preach through the lectionary and the passage this week that I mentioned um, that is, it's linked in there. If you want to read it yourself this week, I would encourage you to do that. Um, but with the kids in the room, the topic, I can't really elaborate a ton on it. So I was like, oh, we're going to skip that one and we're going to use the other two verses that, or the other two passages that are in there. Um, and the first one comes from 1 Samuel and it's chapter three. And there's this interaction that I'm going to read here in a second um, that really points to how do we hear God's voice, okay? Um, I know this, this topic may be strange to you. You might be like, well, I've never heard an audible, this is God speaking kind of voice. Um, maybe you have, I don't know. Uh, maybe you've sensed God speaking, but we're going to talk about that and kind of unpack a little bit. And um, before I do that, I'm going to read this passage that, um, yeah, Millions of people around the world that follow the lectionary are reading these same passages this Sunday along with us, and so it's kind of cool. So um, it'll be on the screen, or it's in the notes if you want to follow along. So this is where the Lord calls Samuel, um, and Eli, uh, under the house of Eli, they were the ones that were in charge of the temple at that time, and and so Eli would have been up-and-coming kind of servant leader that God chose to use in a powerful way. And here's how his ministry starts. And it starts out, so the boy Samuel uh, ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, uh, the word of the Lord was rare. There was not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was laying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. So in the temple, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Samuel answered, "Here am I." The Lord called Samuel, and Samuel said, "Here I here I am." And he ran to Eli and said, "Here I am. You called me." But Eli said, "I did not call you. Go back and lie down." So he went back and lie down. Again, the Lord called him Samuel, and Samuel got up went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. So he keeps thinking that it's Eli that's calling him, right? He doesn't recognize this as God speaking. My son, Eli said, I did not call you, go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not know, did not yet know the Lord. This is a key line right there. He did not yet recognize the voice of God in his life. And he goes, the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And a third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up, went to Eli again. Here I am. You called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli realized that it wasn't obviously somebody else was speaking in his life at that moment. And realized, oh, God's doing something right now. So he realized this. And so he's told Eli, go and lie down. And if he calls you again, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came, stood there, called as the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And the Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. That last line is super key. And as I was kind of studying this and digging in, um, 
I began to just kind of ask the question of like, how do we hear God's voice? How do we begin to hear this? And how do we recognize whether it's someone else, like in Samuel's situation? How do we recognize if it's somebody else calling or somebody else telling you, hey, I feel like you should be doing this. Um, I think you should be, I don't know, using your life in a certain way, speaking a certain way, living a certain way. Or is it God that's inviting us to live a certain way? Is it God's voice that's nudging us, that's prompting us, and that's kind of guiding us into this direction of following him? And so it's a really hard thing to discern and to figure out. And so listening is not easy. Um, can I get an amen from our kids? Just kidding. <laughs> uh, listening is not easy. I know that like as a child, I want to share a story that um, I'm glad my dad's here to hear it too. Um, but um, as a child and, and when we're younger, and I think when we have a certain confidence, this kind of piggybacks pretty well on last week's passage, but um, there's a confidence that I think can be good and bad at the same time. Like we, as children grow up, they start to want their own independence, right? And they want to make their own decisions and begin to have that freedom to do that. Um, but with that can also come an arrogance, like I know best, right? And so um, I want to share a story uh, that basically throws myself under the bus, but it's a lesson that I had to learn when I was younger, and I was in the process of learning what it looked like to learn to listen to my parents, okay? And um, so I grew up in country estates, which is a small little community outside of Ramona. Okay, it's five-ish miles outside of Ramona up in the mountains here. And, um, and so every now and then, my dad would take us and we would ride our bikes uh, into town. And we would ride our bikes, me and my two younger brothers, um, we would ride our bikes this five-mile ride all the way into town and we would go to the country feed store. How many of you guys know what a country feed store is? Okay, in this, yeah, so like half of us. Um, if you don't know what country feed store is, in rural areas, usually the farmers need a place to buy feed, hay, baby chickens, all that kind of stuff. So we loved going there because it was adventurous. You go there and they would sell knives and BB guns and all the cool little stuff that we enjoyed as little, little boys. And, um, and so we would go there and it was always an adventure because you'd always find something really cool that you wanted. And I remember we walked in this one time with my dad, and they had boomerangs. Anybody thrown a boomerang in here before? Okay, so a couple of us. Um, boomerang is an interesting thing, and I grew up watching Crocodile Dundee, like on repeat, and so a boomerang, according to Croc Mick Dundee, was like this like epic weapon that you can throw, it can hit something and come back to you and you can catch it, right? And so... As little boys, we're like, boomerang, we need to get the boomerang. We saw it hanging there on the wall with all the other ones, and it was like this real traditional wooden-style boomerang that had, like, engravings on it, and we're like, this is, like, probably, like, what Mick Dundee used, you know? Like, we were so into it. And I remember uh, my dad being generous, and we'd be like, yeah, let's buy one. Let's go try it. So we buy it. We ride our bikes to this, like, big open field, and um, we – so we, we take turns, and I, I was the – I'm the oldest of three brothers, and so I grab it, and I'm like, I know how this works. Like, I've watched Crocodile Dundee a bunch of times. I know how this boomerang thing works. And my dad was like, be careful, because, like, it comes back, you know? Like, you chuck it, this thing's coming back at you. And I remember going, I know, I know, I know, you know? Like, Psh, you don't know. Like, I, I watched Crocodile Dundee. And 
I grab this thing and give it like all of my Mick Dundee energy and just like chuck this thing as hard as I could. And I chucked it and I was looking into the sun and I chucked this boomerang as hard as I could and like seconds go by, seconds go by and I'm like trying to see like what's going on and out of nowhere, you know what happened. This thing just, just tags me, takes me out and and I come up and like my eye, I think my dad's is like totally bloodshot, like the whole outside of it's completely red. Look at this black eye, yeah. <laughs> so in all of that, dad warns me, I don't listen. I have this like confidence, like I got this, I know what I'm doing, clearly did not know what I'm doing, right? And that was a moment, yeah, at least it tried, <laughs> but um, that was a moment that I have like burned in my memory and my eyeball probably, maybe I see a little less out of this one, um, but that we, sometimes we, we get a little overconfident in what we think we know, right? And um, that confidence, like I said earlier, can be good and it can be bad. And I think it needs to be saturated with humility like we talked about last week. If you want to go back and listen to that, I think that's key to our faith and journeying. But when it comes to listening to God, I think we a lot of times we're like, Psh, I know, like, I know how to live this life. I know how to do this whole thing. Like, I've been doing this for a really long time, or this is what I've been told. This is what people have told me. Um, this is what I've seen works. And, and we almost kind of just go, Psh, I know, I know how this works. I don't need, I don't need God to tell me. Um, or maybe we think we're listening to God in a certain way. And yet there's a mix of confidence that can lead to error. And, um, and what I quickly learned was that I had a big gap between thinking I know something and having experienced knowing something. So thinking I know something because I watched McDundee over and over is different than experience of knowing that you don't throw a boomerang into the sun and then just like hope that you see it coming back and that you're going to magically catch it, right? That takes practice. That probably takes starting with one of those like little foam nerf boomerangs, catching it a few times, and then working your way up to this like very dangerous weapon, right? <laughs> um, and I think that's, that's life. Like we have to learn to listen. We have to learn to have that discernment, to maybe not be so confident that we think we have everything figured out, right? Um, and that requires just a big dose of humility and what we see here in this passage, what Samuel is told to say is what? And you guys remember what Eli told Samuel to say? Servant? Yeah, speak for your good job, for your servant is listening. Each one of those words in that sentence is pretty key. It's saying, speak, I want to hear from you, God. Your servant, so it's, he's recognizing that he's not in control, that he's like, I'm going to be your servant, God. Like, I want to hear what you want me to do. I'm not going to come with my agenda to tell God, Psh, I know how to do this. Like, I've done this before. I know what's going on. But it's recognizing that we want to serve God. And then there's a listening element to it. Um, so hearing God's voice has just a posture to it that says we want to learn, we want to listen. Um, we don't want to, we want to close that gap between 
thinking that we know and having that experience. And that comes from time of sitting with God and journeying and learning really what is God's voice versus what is the world telling us or what do we selfishly really want? Um, Because I know that early on in my faith, I justified a lot of things saying, well, I feel like this is okay. And God was really like what what I was seeing in scripture was not saying that it's okay. Um, And that list is pretty big, so I don't want to get too into that. But um, I was listening to um, a Francis Chan message this week. Guy rocks my world every single time. But um, there's this quote from this message that he gave, and he said, we have a lot of people clamoring to be voices and influencers in our world, and we need fewer voices and more examples. And I, I... it really resonated with me as I was sitting with this passage of like, speak, your servant is listening. Um, Because we do have a lot of people in our world that will try and tell us, even a lot of pastors that will try and tell us, this is what you need to do. This is how you need to live your life. But we can take in tons of voices, right? Tons of people want to be influencers. Tons of people want to have likes, subscribers, right? If you watch YouTube, um, every social media platform. People want to have the loudest voice because they want to be heard. And they might have really good reasons as to why they want to share that. Um, But that can have a healthy dose of pride woven into it as well, right? Um, That they just want more fame, more clicks. And what I see here and what I'm reminded of in the idea of being the servant, in the idea of just wanting to serve God What's woven in there is we shouldn't be clamoring to be voices. We should be people that want to listen and then live it out and live out based on what we've heard, based on what we've learned, based on experiencing the God that we have a relationship with that loves us deeply. And, um, and what Jesus teaches and models over and over is a very simple, not a big, boisterous voice Jesus had 12 disciples that he really poured into, and ultimately it was really three people that he had poured into. It wasn't massive crowds. A lot of times when massive crowds gathered and Jesus was speaking, a lot of times he would share, and then he would leave those crowds. And the disciples would even be like, hey, like we got thousands of people here. Let's keep going. Ministry's firing on all cylinders. Let's keep going. Let's get more people here. And he'd be like, no, nah, I'm going to go in the wilderness. And he would go off and pray by himself right? Like Jesus wasn't seeking the voices. He wasn't seeking the fame. He wasn't trying to like, oh yeah, well, let's benefit off this. It was, no, those people are probably here for other reasons. They might be distracted. Um, I want to I stay connected to really what makes a difference. And what, a line that really has always stood out to me is that Jesus says, he who is faithful in little will also be faithful in much. And there's a humility there that Jesus says, if you're going to be faithful with the small things, if you can be faithful to listen and obey in the small things that I invite you to do, whether it's just saying a kind word to somebody and you're like, you feel so insecure that you don't say anything, God's probably not going to trust you with more. But if you're obedient with that small thing where Jesus is like, hey, I I just want you to go and encourage this other kid in your classroom or this person that you work with, and you're like, yeah, I can do that, and you go do it, God's going to give you more and more to be trusted with. He's going to give you more leadership, more influence, and influence in a way that's meaningful and not just for self-seeking reasons. And so hearing God's voice um, is not easy. 
but we need to have that posture. We need to have that time where we sit and we hear from God. Um, and if you haven't heard from God's, God's voice, I want to just kind of give a little bit of like a, some framework because early on, I thought that God, when God spoke, it was always like you're going into ministry. And if God speaks to you, you're obviously called to be a leader and God only speaks to leaders. But um, I was quickly... I guess, um, trained up in what it looks like to listen to God, that it's not for just leaders, it's not just for pastors, it's not just for the elite people that are like so in tune with what God's doing. God speaks to all of us all the time, continually. God's heart is for us, that he loves all of us deeply. And he's continually doing that. And how I learned that was I initially, when I got into ministry, I met um, a mentor of mine um, that had just a passion for scripture and for teaching people. And I was like, why aren't you like leaving your job and getting into ministry? And his response was, I am in ministry. Like in his job and what he does, um, that is his ministry. That he works with a handful of people that he has influence over with constantly every single week. And, and that blew my mind that God works through all of us, no matter where you're at. Some of us are maybe called to teach in a setting like this, but all of us are called to teach in some kind of setting where we live in our job, in our families, um, in our neighborhood, um, in the hobbies that we have. Like some of you have huge amounts of influence in the hobbies that you have or the people that you connect with during the week. Um, And God has called us all to be in that kind of relationship where we have ministry that it's not just those in some kind of pastoral leadership. And so hearing God um, isn't just for some, for select, it's for everyone. And what that looks like really just, it starts with just saying, here I am. Here I am, your servant, speak. I want to hear from you. And for some of you, you might hear God's voice. You might hear him in dreams. You might hear him as you're just going about your day, God just saying, hey, I need you to do this, or I Some of it, maybe we call it like just the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart and you feel a nudge to say something or do something or give up something in your own life that you're like, oh, I got to stop doing that. God keeps like kind of nudging my heart in that and I keep doing it and I keep whatever, like fill in your blank, right? Um, It's just a sensitivity to it. And so a couple of the main ways that I see God speaking is through God's word, obviously. So through scripture, as we read, Um, if we spend time daily just in God's word, God will speak through that. God will, I mean, sometimes we just like open it and we're like, oh, just pick a spot and start reading. That might work. It might be good. Holy Spirit might use that. But I think faithful reading, just reading through the gospels, reading through scripture, God will speak and train your heart to be able to see things and go, you know what? I need to be more loving in this area of life. And as you read these stories, as you read these interactions that Jesus had with people, it'll start to shift your mind and then you're starting to have the voice of God in you rather than the voice of the world that's distracting. Um, and, uh, and so then there's a few other areas where we, um, we have the Holy Spirit and we can sit and the Holy Spirit will speak to us as you go throughout your day. If you say this line that Samuel said, speak to me, what are you trying to tell me? God will speak, God will share things. Um, and God will use other people as well. Uh, that's kind of the third element I see. That 
as you sit with people, if it's in a Bible study or even as you grab lunch with other faithful believers, in those conversations, God will use people to speak to you, especially if you give them freedom and permission to say, hey, if you see something in my life that I need to work on, or if you see something that I, you know, that I'm doing that, that needs to be more like Jesus, let me know. Giving people that freedom, um, I highly doubt people are going to abuse that. Um, all of my life where I've been vulnerable with friends and mentors that, um, that I've had, they've been, they don't abuse that. They're not going to just call you out and be like, yeah, that was lame that you did this yesterday. You know, they're going to be like, hey, just notice this and what's your thoughts? Um, and then you'll start to see how the spirit moves and begins a shift and challenge you in ways that's really beautiful and really good and really life-giving. Um, but I noticed that all of this, those different ways that God speaks, comes with a challenge, right? Um, we, we face a lot of challenges that keep us from hearing God. And I just want to like ask you, what are some of the challenges that you have experienced or that you think we encounter on a regular basis that keep us from hearing the voice of God? Does anyone want to shout out anything that just comes to mind immediately? Yeah, the, the faithfulness of journaling and writing, and sometimes it doesn't seem like you're getting anywhere, right? Um, I think sometimes we just don't see the steps, uh, the journey that God has us on, that maybe we, we have that faithfulness. Even reading scripture, sometimes you'll open your Bible and you'll read and you'll get in a habit of like just reading every day and you'll be like, what's he saying to me? And sometimes it says nothing. And that's fine, but I think the same way that we need nourishment, food, we got to keep coming back to it. And not every meal is significant, right? Not every meal that we eat is like mind-blowing and we're like, whoa, I can't believe I just ate a donut. Well, maybe some of us, but, um, but it fed us, right? Maybe it didn't nourish us the best <laughs> uh, possible way, but we need that faithfulness. And then sometimes there is those moments, those breakthroughs where God just speaks to us and we, we experience that, um, that transformation, um, one of the big distractions that I've noticed in my life, and it's probably the biggest, is social media. This three-inch by, I don't have it, it's over there in our live feed, but um, three-inch by five or six-inch screen that we have in our hands that we carry around in our pockets on a regular basis, um, I feel like that can be the most distracting thing from keeping us from hearing God's voice. That... Uh, I heard someone say recently that we don't ever have a moment where we sit and are bored. Have you thought about that? The moment you're bored, what happens? <laughs> have you, when was the last time you've stared at your feet and just been like, I'm bored? <laughs> oh, class, school. <laughs> school is boring. There you go. Children <laughs> will be bored. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah. 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 Totally. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that's a big one. I noticed that in my life. Hobbies can be something that are great for taking my mind off of things, but also they can be things that numb me from things I really need to face and talk about with God and where maybe I just need to sit and maybe I need to spend more time just journaling or spend time uh, processing those things a little more. Um, there's a lot of distractions, and, and I would just encourage you to l- maybe just be aware of where the distractions exist. And this can't be a legalistic thing because our phones aren't bad. Like, they allow us to connect with one another. Um, they allow us to interact with people um, that normally we can't. But the problem is, is we are faced, usually with our phones, we are faced with all of the world's problems. And we weren't created to carry all of the world's problems all at once. And I'll just share from my own experience that if I open my phone and start scrolling Instagram, I see all of the world's greatness and all of the world's darkness all at once, right? And the more time I, more time I spend scrolling, the more I see that. And those are both pros and cons because I see you know, friends that are off on vacation in beautiful places. And that's awesome, and I should be excited for them. But then part of that also, the evil part that can happen in my heart is jealousy. I'm like, oh, I wish I was filling your blank. I wish I was gone, and I wish I could go do all of that. And then in creeps that, that false perception of, like, I need something else to be content right now. And then we're listening to the voice of basically just evil coming in to rob you of joy, of evil to say, oh, you're not happy enough, content enough, you don't have enough. Um, and then on the flip side is we see all of the evils, all of the wrongs, all of the wars that go on in our world, whereas whatever, even 50 years ago, less than that. People just knew what happened that day, right? They knew like maybe a little bit more, but like prior to TV, you just knew what was happening in your family and in your neighborhood at most. And that was it. And those are the burdens that you carried around of like, hey, I know that Johnny's struggling with this. Now I know that every Johnny in the world has a problem with that, right? (laughs) Like it's like, that's too much. Like, we weren't designed for that. And I know this is like, I don't want to just like say, oh, yeah, just social media is the devil kind of thing. It's not. Like, it's just we have to have a healthy perspective of like, Lord, here I am, your servant. Speak. Speak to my life. And we have to have that space where we can have that. And if we don't have it, those things are going to be a louder voice than everything else that God wants to do. And if those become the louder voice, that's what's ultimately going to create that frustration, that anxiety, that stress, that just low grade, like just worried about everything and not enough. And that's not what Jesus designed us to live in. He designed us to live in peace, to have contentment, to have joy. And so that's a challenge we're going to face. And so I want to close with the passage that the lectionary gives us is Psalm 139 which is beautiful, that just comes right in and just reminds us of what it's all about. Does anybody want to read Psalm 139, 1 through 5 for us? It'll be on the screen. That's the whole thing right there. All right, go for it. Thank you.
Thank you so much. That is a reminder. God is with us. That he wants to speak to us. He wants to engage in our lives. He wants, he already is a part of every part of everything we're doing. It's just God isn't forceful. He's not going to knock down your heart, knock down your mind and say, I'm here, come on. What we see in scripture is the visual of, I stand at the door and knock. You can open the door and allow God to speak. But if we're so distracted, we're not going to have moments where God can speak. He's around us. He's before us. He knows our hearts. He's in every part of our life. It's just we don't open up to it. And my encouragement and my, uh, just my confidence and my hope and my, um, like what gives me a smile and makes me excited about God is this, right? And is the fact that we can enter this week as we go back into our jobs this week and whatever we're doing. Some of you might have tomorrow off um, with MLK Day and um, have moments to just to listen to God, just to listen. And maybe it's through a conversation with people. Maybe it's being present. Maybe it's turning our phone off a little more. Maybe it's our TV off a little more. Maybe it's just taking a walk at the beach, I don't know, um, or in your neighborhood, wherever. Um, it's just being open, finding those little moments where God can speak, encourage, remind you of the truths that he loves you deeply, that he cares for you deeply, that he longs to transform your life in really beautiful ways and give awesome meaning to it, meaning to your job, meaning to your family, meaning to those moments that are really challenging, like my kid having to go to the ER this week. Like That was a hectic part of my week, but I knew that we have community around us that love us and that are praying, and I knew that God is with us in that, and God got us through, right? And God will get you through the next challenge and the challenge that you might face this week that you don't even know about yet. Um, God is there. And so I want to close with this, this quote from Tozer that says, As God is exalted in the right place in our lives, a thousand problems are solved all at once the stress, the anxiety, the worry about things, the concern about this, the unsolvable problem you have in your life right now, the challenges that you face, maybe the finances that you're facing right now, whatever it is, as God is exalted in the right place, as we put him center to our lives, then it, all that stuff starts to become either problems that we can see God working in, problems to be learning in the midst of, um, because the promise is that God walks with us in those things. He never leaves us, never forsakes us. And so um, my prayer is that we would step into those moments knowing that God is with us and that he wants to speak to us. May we have a posture that says, speak, for your servant is listening. Speak, for we are all listening. And um, I'm just curious how, what God's going to do as he illuminates things in our lives as we go into this week. Um, I gave you guys a link, if you guys can see it on the, can you guys just let me know that that link works. Um, it's to emotionallyhealthy.org, which Pete Cicero writ, wrote many books on spirit, being spiritually healthy, emotionally healthy, um, and what that looks like to have like emotional health when it comes to our spirituality. And there are 
six or seven different categories that he gives. They ask, they give you questions to give yourself an assessment. Um, the digital version makes it kind of difficult, but it's not too hard to literally just go down the questions and it basically will just give you a guide to see how well you're opening, open to listening to what God's saying. How open are you to hearing what God might speak into your life? Uh, how open are you to God challenging and shifting parts of your life? And so I would just ch uh, challenge you, if you want something that would help develop your walk, um, and we'll talk about this in, in our groups, um, go through those questions. It'll rock your world, and it'll actually kind of, it'll reveal some things that are probably challenging, but also really good, right? Because we want to continually be growing in our spirituality and not going stagnant, um, that as we grow, we begin to find more of that purpose of what God's doing in our lives. So I just encourage you, just check that out this week. Take a few, minute, few minutes. It'll probably take 10 minutes to go through and ask those questions, but it's such a good litmus test and such a good guide to help us prioritize the right things in our lives, okay? So I just encourage you to do that. Uh, let me close in prayer, and um, yeah, we'll read our blessing together. Lord, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you that uh, your word, um, it, it illuminates really what's most important. And we want to be, I guess, just so centered and reminded that your voice is what's most important. There are a lot of voices in our world that speak all kinds of things, some good, some bad. Um, but we want to listen to your voice and hear your voice on a daily basis. We want to hear your leading and where you're guiding us. We want to be directed by your word, your teaching through the Bible. Um, and because uh, we just recognize that that's where I find true life. That's where I find life to the full. And so um, I just pray for all of us here as we leave this place and we go into the rest of this week, Lord, that you would just uh, yeah, um, help us to be in tune with the things that you're trying to teach us and the places that you're trying to speak into our lives. And, uh, so help us eliminate those distractions. We love you, Jesus, and we pray this in your name. Amen.